I've been blessed here in the last couple weeks to have some real good conversations about 12-step programs, kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous, and just some of the fundamental principles and things that happen in the midst of those steps. And one of the principles that I really appreciate is the one that you don't go through something like that merely for sobriety's sake, right? Like if all you're doing that kind of work for, you know, to get out from underneath an addiction is merely to be sober, then to heck with it. You know, like that is not the full goal. Obviously, sobriety is something to strive for, but it's not an end in and of itself, right? Sobriety alone is not enough. And I'll tell you, that is something that just keeps coming to mind as I've been thinking and been praying this whole last week about finally talking about fasting. I mean, I've been promising this for like a month, and finally, here we go, right? Because Lent is just a couple days away, and obviously fasting is one of the big three things, along with prayer and almsgiving, that we do at this time of year. But the thing that I've been thinking about, especially in relation to sobriety, is we don't just like fast merely for the sake of fasting, right? It's not like we're fasting so that we can get out there and be hungry, right? Like, hooray, we're all hungry, fantastic. No, it's like we're, we're entering into this and it's a, it's a means to an end and figuring out that end is so important. And on this Sunday, I mean, it's just, it's such a beautiful gospel. And to use this as our jump off point to reflect on fasting, I think is really helpful. Because you look at this man, this leper, right? In a way, it's like we could all be in his place. Our very condition in this fallen world, what we've inherited from our first parents, you know, is the state of sin, right? We are in a fallen world. And leprosy is a really good symbol of that state. Now, as we know, it's not like, hey, there's no hope, so okay, we're just stuck in leprosy. No. And we know that by the gift of Jesus Christ, becoming one of us, dying for us, rising from the dead, we have the gift of baptism. And yesterday, I got to baptize three little guys, Jay and Matthew and Caitlin. It was wonderful. Now they are part of the body of Christ in just, what, what, I guess 40 plus days. I'll be baptizing a bunch of you who are catechumens, and that's awesome. And I'm really excited about that. But the fact of the matter is, and we can all feel this in our bones, right? That when we are baptized, yes, our original sin is washed away, but the effects remain. We still wrestle with our fallen state, with our living in our fallen sinful world. And this leper is such a good example of that because when you think about this leprosy, sin is very much the same way. It leaves us isolated. It leaves us alone. It leaves us longing for something else. And he gives us this great example of someone who goes to get healed, right? Who wants to find a way out of this isolation, out of the problem that he has. And we all, like I said, can feel this fallen state in ourselves, although there are times that we really try to mask it, right? That when we know that we're feeling isolated, alone, that we're disappointed once again by giving in to sin, 
we want to mask it over with things like drinking too much or diving onto the internet and spending hours and hours in fantasy and unreality or throwing ourselves into so many activities that we never stop and look at what's really going on about the problem that's there in the leprosy of sin in our hearts. And what this time of year does is it causes us to wake up to that. So I have, you know, one of my favorite podcasters, Matt Frad, who does the show Pints with Aquinas. He said something once that I really loved. He said, you know, I'm a great guy. And I know that I'm a great guy when got a good night's sleep, had enough to eat, my kids are behaving, everything's going great. I am amazing. But when I don't get enough to eat, when my kids are acting up, when it's bad weather outside, quite frankly, I'm a terrible person. You know, like when things are not all going my way, that's when everything falls apart. Our Lord doesn't want us to be in that kind of a state, right? Because we're not in control of all of those things. We're going to get hit with all sorts of different stuff in this fallen world. He wants us to be healed at the very core. And during this time of year, this fasting, it's like it wakes us up to the fact that I'm not maybe as good as I think I am. For example, right? And we just got back from the pilgrimage to Fatima. And I love it there, but I will tell you, I was very excited to get home. And this is why. You know, over in Europe, they're, they're not really humane with the way that they do coffee. They're not getting the coffee going to like 7, 7.30 in the morning. I've already been going for a couple hours by that point, And I very much figure out that, oh my goodness, I need coffee, right? Like when I'm out of my routine, when I don't get it right away, when I'm praying and getting ready for mass, I'm having a hard time thinking. I'm not as focused. It's like, wait a second. I'm not as good at all this as I thought I was. I actually have some things that I am relying on. Now, not that worried about addiction to coffee. I'm not going to give it up for Lent because that would be a penance for all of you, right? Like, that's not helpful. I mean, we're going to keep going with this. But, you know, you see when you fast, like, wait a second, everything maybe is not quite as good as I thought it was. And as I said, this is like, it's not just mere sobriety for sobriety's sake. Fasting isn't mere fasting for fasting's sake or even falling into the trap of pride, right? Like, haha, look at me. I can go 40 days without having a single Snickers bar. Great, but the trouble is, if that's all you're doing, then we hit Easter Sunday, and it's like, huzzah, Snickers galore, and then you've got a bad stomach ache on Easter Monday. That's not a change. That's not a help. Fasting should help us to see our weak states. The fact that we need to rely on something more than our mere crutches or the masks that try to help us through things. And how many of us, you know, have entered into Lent in the past? We'll just keep using the Snicker bar example, right? Like, I'm giving up Snickers, and you make it all the way through Ash Wednesday and Ash Thursday, we'll just call it that. And then all of a sudden, here we are, the first Friday of Lent, Ash Friday, and it's like, well, maybe I'll have a fun-sized Snicker bar, you know? Like, I think I can probably do that. And then you fall, you have that, and then it's like, oh, I'm so terrible. I can't believe I already gave in on my Lenten penance. Okay, it happens. Ultimately, it's like, look at this. You're a fallen human being. You need his help. I need his help. And the beautiful thing about fasting is this realization that that's where we are. Because when you look at this leper, what is the, the genius of this? He goes to Jesus. When we're stuck with these things that we try to mask over, the pain of being in a fallen world, of being isolated in our sin, and being stuck in our own selfishness, we don't go to the source of healing. 
And what is the source of healing? Jesus Christ himself. And the beautiful thing here too, in the glories of Mark's gospel, which as we've said before, it's the shortest of them all. He's very careful with his words. Look at the ordering of what happens here, the way things unfold. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him. Now full stop, right? He touched him. Now notice this. He did that before he healed him. It's not as though like, okay, buddy, when you get to a state when you're finally clean, then we'll talk. No, it's the same thing with us and our fasting. It's not like, okay, when you prove to me you can go 40 days without Snickers, then we'll talk. No, that's not the way this works. We are fallen. We are hurting. And to recognize that and to go to him, he reaches out to touch us before we've proven ourselves. But to have the fasting, which is not an end in itself, but a means to see once again that we need help, we need healing, and he wants to give it to us. He wants to reach out and touch us and say to us, I do will it be made clean. And ultimately, that is what he is about. That is what this season is about, is setting things right, that we find true and lasting healing in him. And then we can say with St. Paul, a very awesome opening line, one of my favorite lines from the second reading today. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. This is the thing. And folks who are coming in the church, I got good news for you. We're not Puritans, right? This isn't footloose. We're not in the town where you can't dance and sing and smile, right? Like we have glorious things and it's amazing. But the good news for us is we don't worship dancing, singing, and snicker bars or booze for that matter. What do we do? We have Jesus Christ who heals us and then lets us do these things for his greater glory in the right way and the right order. Like I said, it's not footloose. Flora's not going to play Kenny Loggins during Mass. It wouldn't be appropriate. But you can listen to him on the way home. That's fine, right? That's the glory of all of this. He has come to set us right. He has come to these deserted places in our fallen world to be there with us in our leprosy of sin and to heal it. And as we enter into this fasting, and I'll be perfectly honest, I'm not excited about it. Like, the office staff is tired of hearing me bellyache about the fact that Ash Wednesday is on, we on Wednesday. Because I'll tell you, it's the hardest day of the year as a priest. No joke. Why? Because you look at Christmas, you look at Easter, we have extra masses, everybody and their brothers here. It's awesome. And we're like high-fiving because they're beautiful liturgies. And you go home and you have a drink because it was awesome. We're all excited. Ash Wednesday, everybody and their brother come. But by the way, there's a little secret. It's not a holy day of obligation. I don't know if you knew this. Come. I mean, everybody will come. It's amazing. But it's not actually an obligation. But still come. But, like, everybody will be here. Tons of liturgies. It's, it's great. But at the end of the day, it's like I'll go home and not have a drink and fast. You know? It's like, ah, okay, here we go. And now we have 40 days of Lent ahead of us. It's going to be awesome. You know? Yeah, it's a tough day. I'm not physically looking forward to it. But... The beautiful thing about this season is that we see, once again, the reality of the way that things stand. Yes, we live in a fallen world. Yes, the consequences of sin still affect us. But to realize that, to see our own weakness, and then to see the glory of the fact that Jesus Christ has come to save us from that. 
When we approach him and show him our scars of sin, when we show him the leprosy that is there on us, on me, on all of us, he reaches out and touches us. He helps us out of this fallen state. And the great glory for us too is it's so much better than mere food and drink. The passing, you know, glories of creature comforts. And once again, we're not against those, those glories. They're wonderful. But they're passing. They don't last. But his love does. And we celebrate that in the biggest way possible when we hit Easter. When we remember the fact that his love cannot be contained by sin and death. That he is, in fact, risen from the dead. And he wants to reach out with that love and touch us and heal us. So as we enter into this time, I just say, ask for that grace to fast well. You know, remembering it's not an end in itself. It's not just get out there, everybody, and be hungry. No, it's to recognize once again that, yes, we're fallen. Yes, we need healing. But that source of healing is on offer in our Lord who comes to us. And he doesn't just offer it to us in a passing way. He offers it to us for all eternity. Praise be Jesus Christ.